1: THERE, OUT THERE, TO THE LATE SHOW. I'M YOUR HOST, STEPHEN COLBERT, AND, FOLKS, I AM FEELING, I GOTTA SAY, PRETTY DARN GOOD. AND I FEEL A LITTLE BAD ABOUT THAT, BECAUSE THE THING I FEEL GREAT ABOUT IS SOMEBODY ELSE GOING TO PRISON. <laughs> YOU KNOW, you're NOT SUPPOSED TO FEEL GOOD ABOUT THAT. THE LORD SAYS NO. <laughs> So yesterday, in a trial over the horrific events of January 6th, the founder of the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, was found guilty of seditious conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> that, that, my friends, yes. That's a big one. That is a big one. That's insurrection with the creamy treason center right there. Delicious. Rhodes was also found guilty of other bad stuff, which is why he's now facing a maximum... OF 60 YEARS IN PRISON. THAT'S A LONG TIME, BABY, THAT'S A LONG STRETCH. Long ON THE BRIGHT SIDE, BY 2082, THE HIP NEW LOOK MIGHT BE STEAMPUNK COWBOY PIRATE. <laughs> NOW, WHEN YOU HEAR THE NAME, uh, OATH KEEPERS, YOU KNOW, AND THAT EYE PATCH, IT MAKES Rhodes SORT OF SEEM LIKE A HEROIC FREEDOM REBEL. IN REALITY, HE'S A DISBARRED YALE LAW GRAD WHO WEARS AN EYE PATCH AFTER ACCIDENTALLY SHOOTING HIMSELF IN THE FACE <laughs> WITH HIS OWN GUN. Oops, a karma. <laughs> That's like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, is what it is. It's like finding out Rambo wears that headband to cover up his live, laugh, love tattoo. <laughs> this conviction, make no mistake, is a huge deal. It marks the very first time that a jury has decided that the January 6th violence was the product of an organized conspiracy. Well, yeah. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> it sure seemed organized. I don't remember any headlines that said, Capital Meat Cute Gets Out of Hand. <laughs> what? Rhodes is such a scumbag, even his estranged wife chimed in, saying that the conviction is the first time Rhodes has ever faced consequences. Damn. Damn. That is what you call winning the breakup. <laughs> oh, hey, here's something fun. Last night, the Senate voted to pass the Respect for Marriage Act, which... The hits keep on coming, baby. It's, on it's one of those it's on Let's go. <laughs> That's nice. I would like doing monologues tonight. It's pleasant. Yeah. The Respect for Marriage Act, which would enshrine marriage equality in federal law. This is an incredible moment. I feel so proud to live in a country where anyone, regardless of their sexuality, can disagree for decades about the right way to load a dishwasher. You don't need to pre-rinse. That's just washing the dishes before they go in the dishwasher. Don't wash them. That's the thing the dishwasher went to college to learn. The bill passed in a 61 to 36 vote with 12 Republicans joining Democrats to vote for it. Wow. That's cool. That's where we are. That's cool. That's... No wonder marriage equality won. Even the partisan support was by. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. I'm sure, thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Joseph. Uh-huh. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, now I'm sure a lot of you are saying, hey, Steve, don't we already have the right to same sex marriage? Yeah but a lot of people were worried we might lose that right thanks to the legion of dumb. (laughs) After the conservatives on the court overturned Roe v. Wade uh, this past summer, the next logical step that many conservatives were calling for is to overturn Obergefell. Hence the urgency to pass this bill and to get Republican support, the bill had to walk a kind of a fine line. So it won't force all states to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Instead, it would require that people be considered married in any state as long as the marriage was valid IN THE STATE WHERE IT WAS PERFORMED. IN OTHER WORDS, IF YOU GET MARRIED IN MASSACHUSETTS AND THEN MOVE TO FLORIDA, NO ONE CAN QUESTION THE VALIDITY OF YOUR MARRIAGE. OKAY? (laughs) THAT'S NICE TO KNOW. THAT'S (laughs) (laughs) PLEASANT. BUT THEY CAN QUESTION WHY YOU MOVED TO FLORIDA. (laughs) BUT... IT'S INTERESTING. (laughs) the bill does repeal the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act. So that old thing is gone. As one prominent lawmaker told the Defense of Marriage Act, Sachet away. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Rue. <laughs> it's been a really bad week for the former president because he's still getting flacked over his dinner last Tuesday with Kanye West and white nationalist anti-Semite Nick Fuentes. The former president is now scrambling to do damage control, so he went to Fox News. Now, normally we would run footage of that, but we don't have any footage of that because they only let him talk to (laughs) FoxNews.com. Even their cameras are unwilling to be seen on camera with him right now. The former president told the website... HE HAD NEVER HEARD OF FUENTE'S BEFORE THE DINNER, ADDING, I HAD NO IDEA WHAT HIS VIEWS WERE. YOU KNOW, I MIGHT HAVE BELIEVED THAT SIX YEARS AGO, IF THIS WAS THE FIRST TIME YOU PLAYED FOOTSIE WITH WHITE SUPREMACISTS, BUT IT'S HAPPENED A LOT. AND YOU KNOW WHAT THEY SAY, IF IT FLIES LIKE A DUCK AND QUACKS LIKE A DUCK, BUT IT GOOSE STEPS, YOU GOT YOURSELF A NAZI DUCK. <laughs> ALL RIGHT? THAT'S, that's HIS LOGIC, that's BABY. THAT'S LOGIC. THAT'S MATH. The blowback has been so bad that to prevent future meetings with white supremacists, the former president's team has a new rule, and this is true that a senior official needs to be with the former president at all times. <laughs> yes, it's so important. they didn't make sure that the former president not be left alone with a white supremacist. The trick is going to be finding a way to keep him out of any room that he's in. <laughs> Down in Georgia, that's a stroker. That joke's a (laughs) chain-stroker. Down in Georgia, they're getting close to the big Senate runoff election between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. So far, it's kicked off with a real bang, because on Monday, voters in Georgia broke their record for the most ballots cast in a single day during early voting. Yet another record. Yes. I agree. Vote, vote, vote. Vote. Yet another new record for Herschel Walker's resume, along with his college rushing yards record, Planned Parenthood rewards points, and record number of nickels accidentally swallowed. When you tackle him, he jingles. Both candidates are out campaigning up a storm right now, but Walker's speeches are especially notable because they are insane. Here he is on Monday making the case for a border wall.
0: I'm gonna secure this border. They said, How are you gonna do that? I said, Well, yeah, I can do it then. You need to put up a wall, a wall to work, wall working around your house, when you got a wall around your house, people don't do it. They, a, they can get in, but you know what? They get in, it'll be hard to get out. Because I got a dog that, well, my dog really won't bite.
1: There. They're gonna have to update that chant. <laughs> Build the wall, add a dog. Won that bite? Maybe not. (laughs) If voters...
0: Look at those scuff marks, I know.
1: (laughs) Look at that. If voters send Walker home, he might have a hard time finding where that is, because while we knew Walker had multiple homes, just this week we learned that he's claimed his home in Texas as his primary residence to get a tax break. Not great for a would-be senator from Georgia, BUT UNLIKE HIS OTHER SCANDALS, WALKER HAS BEEN REFRESHINGLY HONEST ABOUT IT. HERE HE IS IN JANUARY.
0: EVERYONE ASKED ME, WHY DID I DECIDE TO RUN FOR A Senate SEAT? AS I WAS SITTING IN MY HOME IN TEXAS, I WAS SITTING IN MY HOME IN TEXAS, AND I WAS SEEING WHAT WAS GOING ON IN THIS COUNTRY. I TELL PEOPLE, STOP FOR A MOMENT AND LOOK. YOU KNOW, I LIVE IN TEXAS. HE
1: CAME RIGHT OUT AND SAID IT. It's the most disqualifying campaign confession since Herbert Hoover's 1928 slogan, "I shoved a nun down a well." Senate candidates who aren't from the state they run for office in, losing Republican and guy who fell into the gorilla enclosure and is trying his best to blend in. <laughs> Dr. Mehmet Oz. Ever since Oz got his ass handed to him by John Fetterman, he's been trying. <laughs> Take a minute. It's never too, never too soon to enjoy that again. He's been trying to get his old TV job back. Now, unfortunately for Oz, his former producers reportedly won't talk to him. He's so toxic, he couldn't even interest Paramount Plus in his Dr. Oz prequel, Young Mehmet. I'd watch that. One reason producers don't want Oz back is because the TV folks believe the campaign badly damaged Oz's reputation. And that's no small feat, considering that before he ran, his reputation was, Doctor Who says if you have more than 200 orgasms a year, you can reduce your physiologic age by six years. Okay? Looks like your secret is out, Paul Rudd. (laughs) Turning to 200... 200. (laughs) Is that all? (laughs) Ah! Turning to the world of religion, many faiths around the world believe that with time, prayer, and meditation, one can achieve a state of religious ecstasy. But some folks want a shortcut, like in Thailand, where a Buddhist temple has been left without any monks after they all tested positive for meth. (laughs) Yes. As the enlightened one himself said, how do I stay so fat on this much crank? (laughs) We got a great show for you tonight. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. My first guest this evening is the only person in American history to have led the White House Council of Economic Advisors, the Federal Reserve, and the Treasury Department. Please welcome Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen.
0: Thank you for the invitation.
1: Uh, Pleasure. Have you ever been on a late night show
0: before? I've never been.
1: You're gonna love it. It's great. <laughs> You're the first female Treasury secretary, but when when President Biden approached you uh, to take the gig, you hesitated. Why? I did. and what what changed your mind?
0: Well, you know, I had had a bunch of high level positions. I've sure. been chair, chair of the Fed, yeah. and other positions, um, Council of economic advisors there are a lot of qualified people who want these jobs, and I thought, this is my time to let somebody else take the job. But mm-hmm. when he came to me and said, no, I really want you to do it, it's mm-hmm. important to me that you say yes, I thought, okay, that's that's nope. something different. The president and...
1: asked.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. You don't <laughs> say no to the president.
1: Well... You have been called, and I want to get this right, you've been called a genius at explaining arguments oh, simply that. and clearly. Others have said this. I know you haven't said this of yourself, but are you explaining arguments simply and clearly. Can you explain how inflation got so high? Because two years ago, everything seemed fine. Uh, even in 2021, you and other members of the administration believed that inflation was a small risk. What happened uh, simply and clearly?
0: That's a challenge. That is, yeah. yeah. Uh, So we had a rapid recovery from the pandemic. When President Biden was elected, unemployment was quite high. It was close to 7%. And we put policies in place that generated a very rapid recovery. Unemployment quickly fell back into the threes. Where is Um, it now?
1: Where is it now?
0: 3-7. Okay. So... Normally, you wouldn't expect um, just because you had a rapid recovery uh, for inflation to rise very much, if at all. But it turned out the pandemic had very special impacts on the economy. Remember, everybody stopped spending on services, they were in their homes for a year or more, um, they wanted to buy grills and office furniture, they were working from home. Mm-hmm. They suddenly started splurging on goods, buying technology. Um, You know, we we suddenly working through technology. And bottlenecks started developing where supply in particular important sectors of the economy just couldn't keep up with demand. Give you an example, a couple of examples. So cars, there was a surge in demand for automobiles. BUT ALSO FOR TECHNOLOGY GOODS, AND SUDDENLY SEMICONDUCTORS THAT GO INTO ALL OF THESE GOODS, THEY'RE IN SHORT SUPPLY.
1: I still, I still, I'M STILL TRYING TO GET A CAR AT THIS POINT. I CAN'T, it's, it's no, still, I can't, I can't GET uh, A CAR.
0: WELL, YOU KNOW, THE FACTORIES REALLY HAD TO SHUT DOWN SOME OF THEIR PRODUCTION. THEY JUST DIDN'T HAVE ENOUGH SEMICONDUCTORS TO BE ABLE TO SUPPLY CARS. AND WITH ALL THAT DEMAND AND VERY LIMITED SUPPLY AND THE COMPANIES NOT BEING ABLE TO EXPAND PRODUCTION, Prices of automobiles just shot up, and used cars, too. Prices just shot up. So that's one example. But we also started buying a lot of stuff for our homes. I mean, I'll I'll confess that I had Amazon packages coming almost every day. Mm -hmm. And we'd moved into a house that needed some furniture. And um, I don't think I was the only one. And you know, suddenly there aren't enough shipping containers. A lot of those goods are imported and the ports are becoming clogged and there aren't enough shipping containers to be able to ship these goods. Shipping rates are um, moving way up. It's suddenly very expensive and, and takes a long time to get these goods into our economy. And so prices started skyrocketing for things in short supply.
1: Well, j- just because we have a limited amount of time here, let me let me accept that as a rationale for why the prices went up. What now can the government do? Well, because whether or we're... not, whether or not it's necessarily any particular president's fault that that happens, every particular president has to take responsibility for what's happening in that economy because we blame the last guy I'm willing to blame this guy too Fair so enough. so what can the government do to make this better because it seems to take so, a long time to get, to get this under control no matter how much Jerome Powell puts the screws to the interest rates
0: <laughs> so it is President Biden's and my top economic priority to get inflation down because it is really concerning and imposing a lot of costs on American households and consumers. So the first job goes to the Fed. They need to take some of the heat out of the labor market. Um, what does that mean?
1: I'm going to stop you right there just because, pardon me, but one of the critiques of the Fed is that they increase interest rates to try to cool off the labor market, but what does that do to the people who actually work those jobs? That One of the critiques of the Fed is it's good for people who already have money for those interest rates to go back up, because we get certainly a better return on our money. But what does it do to the people who don't have that vast job market that they had a month ago if those opening jobs go away?
0: Well, right now, demand for workers is so strong that there are two job openings for every American who's looking for a job. We've never seen anything like that in the United States before. And so, With the economy slowing a little bit, demand slowing a little bit, um, firms, instead of having plans to massively expand their workforce, um, they're beginning to rethink how much they need to add to their workforce. Sure. Uh, uh,
1: Amazon, uh, J.P. Morgan, Meta, Disney, Paramount, they've all done big cuts in anticipation of a recession. One doesn't seem to have shown up yet... Who's right? Are we headed for a recession? Because your counterpart in England says that they're already in recession and it's going to be the longest one since the Great War.
0: So I believe there is a path to bringing inflation down while maintaining a strong, healthy labor market. People don't have to lose their jobs. Firms um, need to moderate their demand for workers. Right now uh, and over the last year, They've been bidding so aggressively for workers they can't find that wages and prices have been rising very rapidly. And as the economy slows, just a little bit less intense demand for workers, people don't have to lose their jobs. We don't have to see a recession. I think that can succeed in bringing inflation down. So, so you think it's possible we're risks. not? He-
1: you think it's possible we're not heading into a recession? Yes.
0: I- We had a rapid recovery, growth has slowed down. I expect the pace of job creation to slow down. That's natural and expected when the unemployment rate is close to the lowest in 50 years. So I think we can take the heat out of the economy. And remember, Russia has conducted a brutal war against Ukraine and that caused uh, gas prices to spike. It's caused food prices to spike. It's creating hardship all over the world. And um, we're really trying to address those, those strains as well. That's another reason inflation went up, and we're trying to hold that down.
1: Now, um, you used to be, as I said before, you used to be the head of the Fed, chairman of the Fed. What goes on in there? <laughs> Because there's lots of you know conspiracy <laughs> theories that the Fed is a cabal and you guys wear robes and sacrifice a goat, and then <laughs> and right before the goat bursts into flames, it tells you the new interest rate hike that you're supposed to say.
0: How, how what is it why why well, is it so secretive? <laughs> why is the Fed so secretive, Matt? Well, it used to be very secretive. And there was a famous book called Secrets of the Temple. Yeah. And Then the philosophy, and it it was thought once upon a time, I can no longer remember why, but that monetary policy would be most effective if it was most secretive. And the truth is that the Fed never even announced to the public what decision they had made about monetary policy. The first time that ever happened was in February of 1994.
1: Before then, the interest rates would just change, and that's how we would find out? They would
0: make a secret decision, and you had to be a Fed watcher, and you would watch the money supply numbers, and you really had to understand how Wall Street worked in order to realize they had changed the stance of monetary policy. Meetings ended. They never even issued a statement. And Alan Greenspan decided that in 1994, when after a long period of interest rates being steady, he was gonna start to raise interest rates, that it was really important to tell the public that, that this was happening. And the whole philosophy of monetary policy changed after that, and central bankers realized that monetary policy is much more effective when you explain to people what you're doing and why, And then people can see what the strategy is. They anticipate where the Fed is going. And they actually, in a sense, front-run the Fed because they say, oh, yeah, this is what it's going to be. And um, markets begin to price in what the Fed is going to do. And it's like it makes the whole response of the economy to policy faster. If if you guys are
1: signaling properly what you're going to do, because then people could make a, a wrong guess... If, like, you're giving testimony to Congress and you scratch their nose and you go, oh, you should scratch your (laughs) nose twice, that's two basis points right there.
0: Well, sometimes markets do make mistakes and they misinterpret um, what's being said. So you're right about that.
1: Speaking of markets making mistakes, um, this morning you called the recent crypto crash, quote, a Lehman moment. Of course, a Lehman moment, as I understand it, is when one firm or large entity ends up being a synecdoche for a larger market that ends to a collapse of the entire system. Are you saying that crypto could collapse because of recent crypto failures?
0: Well, I am saying that we have seen contagion, that a large crypto firm with many links to other crypto firms within that sector, their other firms are under pressure because of what's happened to FTX. And we saw that earlier um, a year ago when there was a run against a so-called stablecoin, namely a a cryptocurrency that was intended to or promised to maintain a fixed value vis-a-vis the dollar.
1: Pegged to the dollar. There was
0: um, a coin called Terra. Mm. And people became afraid that Terra couldn't maintain that peg, and they wanted to cash in the Terra that they had. And this was like a bank run. Sure. And um, lo and behold, it couldn't maintain the peg. And then there was contagion to another much larger coin called Tether. And so we've seen contagion within the sector. And I would say the collapse of this firm FTX was a Lehman moment. For cryptocurrency sector and has had contagion, but um, fortunately there hasn't been much contagion to the real economy. Um, investors have lost a lot of money, and to me that um, points to the need for much um, more regulation of this sector. They and th- this happened because um, this firm was operating at mainly outside the United States with
1: no with, with no oversight.
0: With no real oversight, but even if it had been in the United States, there are real gaps. There's some super... There's some regulatory authority, but huge holes. And so this is a sector where innocent investors um, can really lose their money.
1: Well, let me me ask you something about... uh, Let me ask you about crypto. Do you... Does crypto make sense to you And on this level? Uh, people like Ron Paul would say that after the United States went off the gold standard under Nixon, I believe, that, you know, we're now a fiat currency. Things are worth what they're worth because we say that it's worth something. It's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States, whatever that particular phrase, that term of art may mean. And so is crypto, where I just create a widget that spits out a coin, that I declare a value, and then that number of those sets a capitalization for all that crypto out there, and then people get invested. So that $20 million, now people say, oh, that's worth $100 million, and all that is created out of nothing. Does that make sense to you? Because there is no inherent (laughs) value to the actual item itself. Well, I,
0: I have been pretty skeptical since the outset about what the value of crypto would be to the real economy.
1: But because the United States has a fiat currency, is... Does the dollar make any more sense to you than crypto does? Yes,
0: the dollar makes a lot of sense to why, me. Why? Because it's a national currency that's well-regulated by the Federal Reserve okay. that has a clear mandate and um, people who are accountable to the public and to Congress mm-hmm. to maintain um, the goals of the Fed, which is maximum employment and low and stable inflation. Price and they know what they're talking what they, about.
1: They got the robes and, and they, the goat and everything, and they know they what
0: they're They got at. the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, they tell you what they're doing. Sometimes people misunderstand, but you know, they, they talk to you about what they're. They, well, one problem is there are 19 of them at full strength, and they have slightly different views, and people sometimes find it um, confusing.
1: Now that you're no longer at the Fed, do they confuse you? Does Jerome Powell confuse you ever, as the Treasury Secretary? Not,
0: not especially. But
1: no. <laughs> we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I will ask Secretary Yellen why her name isn't on our money yet. Stick around. Enjoying this episode of the Late Show Pod Show then head to cohst.app slash Lateshow or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. We're back with Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen. Here's something that confuses me. This is a dollar bill right there. Let's see if we can get a shot of that. And right over here, can you see this? This is, we looked for your name, and it says Steve Mnuchin over there in, I got to say, block print. He never learned to connect his letters.
0: Can you go back to
1: that? Why isn't your name on this money, Secretary Yellen? It's been almost two years.
0: Okay, so let's look at this bill.
1: <laughs> it's real. It's not counterfeit.
0: No, no, it's... I, I agree. But you see, there's a second name, and the second name on the left side of the currency is the treasurer of the United States. Yes. And new money can't be issued until there is also a treasurer along with a do we not new have secretary. We now do have a treasurer and our treasurer is the first native american woman ever to be <laughs> appointed treasurer of the United States. So when and When
1: do you get the big moment?
0: Next week. I am going to Fort Worth, which is where one of the two um, plants uh, are located that produce our currency, and I am going to see the first, um, the first sheets of currency that have been printed with both of our names. So it wow. is about to... <laughs> Did you practice? Did
1: you practice your signature? Are you happy with it?
0: I practiced and practiced. You know, I I I had heard stories. Um, two of my predecessors, President Obama's yeah. Treasury Secretaries, yeah. Tim Geithner and Jack Lew, signed the currency, and their signatures were so illegible that people made fun of them. And Se- Secretary Lew, he he signed in something that looked like eight. Circles that were connected. I remember
1: that it looked like how a child would draw smoke coming out of a chimney,
0: <laughs> something like that. And um, for both of them, it was decided that they should redo it. And so I-, I knew that this was something you could really screw up, and I wanted to get it right. And I practiced and I practiced. And you- you'll see what you th- you'll see what you think, but I, I think you'll be it. able to read the letters. I'll-,
1: I'll do my critique on air. How about that? I- I'll let you know about it. <laughs> Now, before we go, <laughs> before we go, we do something at the show every week, which is called uh, the sack, where everybody throws in a buck with their name on it. At the end of the <laughs> week, that. I pull it out. Well, we're, because because you're here tonight, we're going to do a little bit early, if you don't mind. Would you be willing to pull the pull the name out of the sack to say who <laughs> our who our who our winner is? This all is for right. All the money. How much money is in here? Do we know? One hundred and sixty-six dollars, Secretary. Who won?
0: Willa in digital PA.
1: Willa, digital. Willa.
0: (laughs) Congratulations. You,
1: You get to keep that one, huh? Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing, if you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer.
0: You collect rewards, right?
1: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of
0: Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay.
1: Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+